You're listening to The Maniculum, pointing the finger at the Middle Ages. We bring you the choicest medieval nonsense, discuss and evaluate it, then pillage it for our own geeky purposes. Alright, hello everyone, and welcome to the Maniculum Podcast. I am Zoe, a professional game developer, and I'm here with my co-host Mac, a PhD candidate at Purdue University, and we are medievalists who teach you how to adapt weird medieval texts into TTRPGs. And today we have a fantastic April 1st, April Fool's Day episode for you all. But before that, I do want to mention a few cool things. The first of which is a shout out to our new patron, Chris Q, one of our anti-purveyance peasants. Thank you so much, Chris, for supporting the show and supporting us as we continue to hopefully make entertainment that you all enjoy and hopefully have some fun good tips in there that you can use in your own campaigns and stories and things and for those of you who don't know our patreon has exclusive bonus content including exclusive episodes as well as actual ttrpg material that we are creating from some of the discussions that we have in episodes and bringing that to life. So you can download those as a patron. So check those out. And of course, we have our Discord as well. So patrons have access to our patrons only channel, but there is so much more to our Discord. There are some fantastic people. We love interacting with you guys there. There's always a cool conversation going on. So if you are not already a part of our Discord, please do jump in. You can find a link to that in our show notes. And we also have our other social medias, our Twitter, our Facebook, our Instagram, and those are all great ways to get in contact with us. And we love hearing from you. So please don't be a stranger. Come and reach out. So with that, thank you again to Chris Q for becoming a patron. And Mac, I will let you lead in our text for this week. What are we talking about for April Fool's? Well, many of you may remember Sidrak and Bacchus, because that was the previous episode, so unless there's been like a big pause in your listening habits, you probably remember it exactly, or pretty close at least. But just in case, Sidrak and Bacchus is a story of a philosopher who uses the power of arson, murder, and an assist from some actual angels to convert a pagan king, and also what might have been hallucinogens. But the point is... He you does this, and then the king says, Hey, Sidrak, I've got some questions, and you seem to be pretty knowledgeable about stuff. Tell me these answers. And so, noticing that this episode would air on April Fool's Day, I thought this was a great opportunity for a format shift, so we can mine the answers in Sidrak and Bacchus to make a kind of medieval quiz show. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited for this. Which we're now going to do. Hello and welcome to Who Wants to Be a Mystic? I'm your host, Friar Mac of Roxburgh, here in the cathedral to offer bright young novices an opportunity to become a respected prophet, visionary, theologian, or similar. For those of you who haven't seen a copy of the relevant papal bull, our format, as chartered by Holy Church, is as follows. I will ask our aspiring mystic a series of questions about various topics, giving them an opportunity to demonstrate the knowledge they have received, either through study or through revelation. 
Depending on how many questions our contestant answers correctly, we may be able to offer them a fast track into a comfortable and respected position where they can spend time recording their wisdom for posterity. Oh, our no. contestant today is Novice Zoe. Zoe, tell us about yourself and your convent. I'm from a respected convent from the south of England. Yes, we, we study many religious texts, particularly Marjorie Kemp and Hildegard's Physica. That's one I actually do know, as listeners might remember. And yes, so we, we focus more on the, the female mystics and their wisdom. So I'm very interested to see whether I can fast track my way into retirement. Female mystics, how eccentric. Anyway, <laughs> on to our questions. Our question pool has been compiled through contributions from a range of scholars, philosophers of antiquity, and holy visionaries. We've been trying to solicit ideas from Abbess Hildegard of Bingham, but she sent us a song written in an unknown language and a bag of some kind of plant matter, so who knows what that means. But the point is, you're not expected to get a perfect score, so don't worry if you miss a few. Oh, good. Unless your answers are heresy, in which case worry a lot. Yeah, yeah, well, you know, I'm a woman, so I'm already worried. That is fair and just. <laughs> now, are you ready for your first question? I am. I am. All right. And remember, these are high-level esoteric questions. You may have difficulty understanding and answering them because of your small and womanly brain. Yes, of course. But, question one. When dogs f***, why are <laughs> <No>. they- <laughs> That's what we're starting with? I don't actually know any of these questions or their answers. Oh, no. Okay. All right. I can't believe this isn't an actual mystical text. This is bullshit already. All right. Anyway- I did pick that specifically to be our very first question. Damn it. All right. These aren't in any particular order. Here we go. So when dogs f why are they more tightly joined than other animals? Future Mac here, quick note. I'm going to be putting a musical interlude in between the question being asked and Zoe giving the answer for each of these so that you have time to think it over. That interlude will be signaled by slightly over 15 seconds of music. I have chosen a musical clip of that length so that if you have a skip forward 15 seconds button on your podcast player, you can use it without worrying too much about cutting into Zoe's response. You should also feel free to pause the playback, and think about the question for as long as you want. And if you would like to share with us what answers you think of, we would genuinely love to hear what other people come up with in response to these questions. Without further ado, I will now play the music, and then we will hear Zoe's response. Um, if I say something about, like, a knot, does that reveal too much fanfiction knowledge? There's an interesting video about that that Lindsay Ellis did. Hmm. I think I've seen that video. Yeah. Yeah. You you don't probably want to look that one up, but it's very entertaining. It's, it's about the, the legalities about who owns fanfiction via 
weird erotica. Anyway, why are they so tightly, tightly joined? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Ducks have like the little, like the spiral penis, like the corkscrew penis, but dogs don't. I'm pretty sure the knot is a real thing and not just- No, a it is. Thing. It absolutely is a thing, but I don't know whether it's actually like a dog thing. I'll go with that. Sure. Why not? Are you sure? Uh, well, okay. Hang on. This is a medieval text, so it can't actually be based in anything logical. So I'm going to say that they're they're tightly joined because they're like mounted. It's like mounted from the back, I guess. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> that is not the answer. Because, of course, most animals mount from the back. But the answer True. is, it's because the nature of the dog is extremely hot. So they join together for the same reason that two pieces of iron join in the forge. Of course, iron. How could my small womanly brain forget? <laughs> what the f***? <laughs> Obviously. Okay, okay. At least now I know the direction where this is going. So, speaking of what the medievals did and didn't know, question two. Okay. Why did God make the earth round like a ball? Hint, there are three reasons, so you can get partial credit on this. Uh, hmm. He made it round like a ball because balls are the holiest shape. They are, they are perfect in their integrity. They have no flaws. There are no edges. They're just perfect globular geometry. Um, also probably something about pi being a perfect number. Do they know about pi at this point? I don't know. I get bonus points for that one if they didn't know about it. And... Round like a ball, because that's how gravity works. I mean, okay, hang on. No, no, get in the medieval mindset. He made it round like a ball because it has to roll through space. And we all know that squares can't roll. All right, I'm going to give you <laughs> one point out of three. All right. <laughs> Your first reason is actually pretty close to I the first it. reason that is genuinely given. I knew it. The earth is round like a ball so that it, like God, has no beginning and no end. There we go. Yeah, it's the perfect shape. It's the holiest shape. The second reason oh, is no. that you can fit more stuff into a spherical shape than you can into other shapes. I'm pretty sure this is actually geometrically correct. Like the the easiest, if you, that's why stuff's round. Really? Hmm. But 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 if if we had square pizzas then they would fit into the box better. I don't... Maybe that's a fault of, of the square box and not the circular pizza. I don't actually know. Anyway, okay, sure. That... I don't know math, so I'll believe that one. Yeah, I don't either, but... I mean, it sounds right to me. Yeah, alright, I'll go with that. You can fit more stuff in it. That's what God was concerned about when he made the world. Fitting stuff in. And the third reason is because the sky is round, and that shapes the earth like wax inside a pot. The sky, this, this, hmm. And here I was thinking that the, the sky and the heavens had no shape. They sort of went everlasting. No, that's separate. 
So oh. you've got the sphere of earth, and oh, then on that's top of right. it, the sphere of water, and then air, and then fire, and then the heavens. That's right. See, I'm more familiar with the great chain of being as opposed to like the heavenly spheres. All right. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, I got one, which is more than I thought I would get all night. Some of that was worryingly close to heresy. So <laughs> let's move on to question three. What, I don't get any bonus points for pi being a never ending, be- like it has a start, but it doesn't have an end, just like God or like the world. I don't know. Pie is delicious, but oh. I don't know what that means. <laughs> Fair enough. Actually, I want to see. Did- yeah, when, when was, when was pie, pie discovered? discovered? Ooh. Mathematicians began using the Greek letter pi in the 1700s. Ah, uh, so late. I'm late. Yeah, you you are centuries right. too early. All right, fair enough. All right, so question number three: Is magic real? Yes, absolutely, obviously. Correct. (laughs) For bonus points. Oh, no. Name the three things you need in order to do magic. You need an object upon which your magical intention is focused. And I don't mean like a physical object, just like an object for your spell. You need, like, the willfulness to do magic. You need to be willing to do it. You can't accidentally cast a spell. And you need the ingredients required. I feel like you need uh, ingredients slash knowledge on how to do it. You need something specific. I will give you one point. Ah. The three things you need to do magic are first. Oh, no. You must know the hours and the points of night and day. That'd be up. Yeah, all right, fine. The second one, and this is the one I'm giving you credit for. Mm. You must have steadfast purpose of mind and faith that the devil will not fail you. Yeah, see? See, you can't accidentally curse somebody. It has to be very intentional. Third, you must be learned in astronomy. Astronomy, man. All right. I feel like there's a lot of witches who don't rely on, you know, astronomy, astrology for this stuff, but. And how do you know what witches do? Because I read, I read the the papal bulls about it, condemning it. Uh-oh. I I read the the hammer of witches. That's I don't how think I know. We've invented that yet. <laughs> it's a medieval text. Barely. Barely. I mean, technically. Also, I feel like the first point there and the last point are just the same. They are pretty similar, yeah. It's the same. All right. Anyway. All right. Next question. Where in the body does the soul live? say the dick um haven't you read the phaedrus <laughs> you know in undergrad like, i don't remember it very well the winged phalluses and the ascension of the soul and something something it was all very strange 
Um, hmm. Is it in the heart? Is it in the stomach? The gut? The womb, if you will? Or is it in the head, in the mind? Is this a trick question? Does the soul even reside in the body? Um, hmm. I feel like heart would be too obvious, so I'm going to go with the womb. The stomach. Ooh. No! incorrect. No! The soul lives in the blood. The blood? This is why you have no feeling in bloodless parts of the body, like your fingernails and your hair. Hmm. Hmm. All right. Interesting. Interesting. I mean, I've heard that blood is like the life force, but not the soul. I haven't heard that one before. All right. I'm learning. Question number five. I'm on my way to mysticism. Why are some people white, some black, and some brown? Hint, there are three reasons. You can't ask me this! This is not... No! (laughs) Mac! No, I don't... Because that's the way God made him. Damn it. Um, I don't actually know how to answer this in a medieval way that isn't obscenely horrible. Is the answer not obscenely terrible? Well, you've got to remember, racism is, as we know, it is a modern invention. So actually, no, it's not. It's not that bad. Oh, my gosh. I've, okay, maybe maybe it's because God made man out of different soils. Like, he made Adam from soil, so maybe it's a soil color thing. That's as far as I'm gonna go. You sure? There are three. Oh, Okay, it could be a soil thing. What's the question? Why did, why did God make them? It just says, why are? Why are? Oh. Okay, so why are they in general? Okay, I'm gonna go with the soil thing for one, the food different people eat in another... And then the third one, I'm going to go with something real stupid, camouflage. (laughs) (laughs) And I regret to say that is zero points. Uh, Well, because, you know, like the whiter you are, the more north you are, the more snow there generally is in the north. I don't know. I'm trying to think of real stupid reasons. All right. So the reasons listed in this text are first, heredity. People have the same skin color as their parents. Okay, now I feel real dumb. (laughs) If you want to feel less dumb, there is a note that says, like, in case of an interracial couple, the child is the color of whichever parent feels the strongest desire during sex. What the f***? I don't know where they got that one. All right. This makes me think that the 13th century Frenchman who wrote this was aware of the concept of interracial couples, but had never met one. Yeah, that makes sense. All right. I mean, yeah. Second, illness. Sometimes people change color when they're sick. I mean, like, to to red, like, if you're flushed. But he just listed what, like... He just says illness. No, but, like, what colors did he list? Uh, white, black, and brown. Who who the hell is turning black when they're sick? I don't know. I get, like, gangrene? But that's, like, green. Huh. Alright, I don't buy that one, but sure. Third is origin. People from hotter lands are darker because the sun burns them. We did hear that one in the the Wonders of the East. 
Yeah. I should have known I feel that. like that's a thing that you could expect from someone living in, like, France or whatever. Yeah. Like, okay, I know that when I go outside, the sun burns, burns me. Burns me. And later, I'm a little tanner. So that's I guess true. if I lived in a much hotter place, I would that would just keep totally, happening until yeah. I was really dark. That makes sense. Yeah. All right. Really? It's not, it's not because of, like... People who are darker are more like iron or obsidian or something. Damn. No, it's it's honestly, this is pretty reasonable from the kind of information they had. It is it is not as racist as you thought it was going to be. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. I guess the whole like of the devil thing hadn't quite. That's more of a that's more of a, an enlightenment idea, I think. I'm pretty sure that all of that stuff was literally invented to justify slavery. Yeah, I'm pretty sure too. All right. All right. Question 6. All right. If someone is deaf, blind, and mute, in what language do they think? think in their their parents language because because language is hereditary i'm gonna go with that that seems plausible i'm sorry that is another wrong answer the answer is hebrew hebrew (laughs) adam spoke hebrew which means hebrew is the true language of humanity and people who aren't taught another language will naturally speak in humanity's native tongue that is a wild concept Apparently this one survived for a while. There's record of, I think one of the King's James, like one of the Renaissance era English kings, trying an experiment where he basically stranded some people on an island and wanted to go back and figure out if they grew up to speak Hebrew. Oh my gosh. I don't know how accurate that is or if that's apocryphal. Right. Huh. I mean, I guess I sort of get that as a concept, but hmm. All right. All right. Question seven. Okay. How should one remove a bone or thorn stuck in your throat? Hint, there are two methods. Oh, I I see. Um, Okay, think like a medieval leech. Think like a medieval leech. I feel like one with very long tweezers or pinchers, open up the person's mouth and, you know, get in there for number one. And then the Heimlich wasn't developed until later. So I'm going to go with a practice that is actually used by vets to get like balls and stuff out of dogs throats, which is you cup your hands and along the neck push really, really hard to force it up and out. Is that your final answer? Oh my gosh! Yeah? I'm sorry, neither of those are correct. Really? For someone who's got a thing in their... Okay, alright. The first method is to take bread and fluids and see if that dislodges it. Yeah, that's fair. Okay. And if that doesn't work, take a piece of meat, tie a thread to it, and swallow the meat while holding (gasps) on to the thread. No! Then pull the meat out and see if you knock the bone or thorn loose. No! If that doesn't work, just keep trying. I hate that. I hate that. The notes include a 20th century anecdote of someone using the thread method in Australia. 
Did it work? Yes. <gasps> oh, I like the Heimlich better. <laughs> I hate that. I mean, I guess it would. I guess it would work, but... Ugh. Yeah, that first one does work. I did, I did like, once have a chip in my throat that way, sideways, and, and I did that. Huh, all right. Question number eight, I think. I, I keep losing track, because I've got them numbered the way they appear in the text, so it just oh. looks like they are completely random numbers. <laughs> Fair enough. I did it like that, so that if you challenged me on one, I could look it up in the text real quick. Oh, okay. So, question eight. Should the rich be judged in the same way as the poor? The the Bible says yes, and presumably because this is a Christian text, I will go with yes. But because this is a medieval Christian text, I will go with no. Those are mutually exclusive. Yes. Uh, final answer is that no, they should be judged differently. Differently in what way? That's not part of the question. This was a yes or no question. All right. All right. I will give you that point. <laughs> I, I want to I hear this like shill answer, though. God judges all people alike, but we on earth should judge the rich more harshly than the poor. Oh, all right. Because punishing a rich man for his crimes serves as a more high-profile example to others. I didn't expect that, but I'm pleasantly surprised, I guess. Yeah, this really goes back and forth between that's ridiculous, that's horrible, and oh, that's actually, like, fine. Yeah, that's interesting. Okay, well, sure. Question nine. Okay. Why does shit stink? Uh, Listener, you are missing out on the faces Zoe makes about these <laughs> questions, by the way. They are very, they're, yeah. <laughs> Hint, there are two reasons. Okay, um, I'm going to go with the obvious reason that it's like the excrement of the things that we do not digest and they're all they're rotted and fetid inside of the body. I'll go with that one for, for one answer. Um, and the, the second answer is that because that is the like putrid part of the humors that that we dispel and it is hot and um moist and gets it that is its nature and we expel it because it is not useful or godly or holy and it stinks because that is the nature of evil things i had to get one of those come on come on you got both of them yes finally uh sidrak tells us that any food kept in a hot and airless place will rot and that includes food you have eaten he seems very certain that having no air speeds rot, even though I'm pretty sure that's backwards, but it, testing that experimentally would be pretty well, difficult with medieval technology. No fresh air, I guess. And yes, the second one is that it collects the bad humors from the stomach. Yes! See, all that leech book stuff in Hildegard has really been paying off. I might not be a mystic, but I could be a leech. Speaking of Hildegard, oh, she no. may have the answer to this one. Oh no. I don't remember, but this might be in her text. Question number 10. What animal lives the longest? 
that's got to be like a, a, a big sea whale creature, right? You know, like Jonah and the whale. It's got to be something big and massive like that. Either that or it's like a turtle. Oh, no. There's so many animals. This is really hard. <laughs> Listeners, I hope you're trying to come up with answers. I want to know your answers to these because this is really hard on the spot. Because I, I never Have you know. not read your bestiaries, novice? The last bestiary I looked at was an old Norse. Um, okay. Um, ooh, wait, no. What animal lives the longest? Yes. Like over its lifetime? Yes. The phoenix. I'm going to give you half credit on that one. Okay. All right. I'll take it. Because the correct answer is the eagle. Oh. Because it is known that when an eagle grows old, it flies up to the top of the sky, burns away all of its old parts with the heat from the sun, and grows new young parts. I see. That is very, very much like a phoenix. Yes. All right, cool. I'll take that one. So, same question for bonus points. What animal lives the second longest? second longest hmm i feel like it should be something that burrows in the ground just as a vibe that's the vibe i'm getting or a deep sea creature okay i'm gonna go with a dragon because there can be sea dragons and i like dragons and they live for a long time if they're not being hunted and they live in caves they also burrow is that your final answer yeah i'm gonna stick with it the answer is an adder oh a snake i was thinking a snake It sheds and renews its skin each year, and this allows it to live for a thousand years if it is not slain. I had the right idea. I had the right idea. Yeah, all right, all right. Can I get another half a point? I will give you another half a point. And there is another bonus. This is the only question I have two bonuses on. Okay. For extra bonus points, what happens to an adder that lives the full thousand years? I feel like it has to like slither down into hell and become a devil because snakes are you know the serpent tempted eve that or like it's immolated by god immediately it's smoted um it can't be good because snakes are obviously inherently evil this is sarcasm hmm i'm gonna go with it buries back down into the earth and like melts back into the earth and it becomes nothing That is a good and plausible answer, but it is wrong. Oh, okay. What's the real answer? It grows horns and turns into a dragon. What? Yo, that's the coolest thing I've ever heard. (laughs) We should preserve snakes so that we actually get to have dragons. The only reason we don't have dragons anymore is because everybody's out there killing snakes. That's cool. There you go. I like that. That's cool. It grows horns and becomes a dragon. I've never heard that one before. I hadn't either. That's really cool. (laughs) All right. Question 11. What are the best colors of clothing to wear? 
Hint, there are three. There are three, okay. For bonus points, tell us why. When was this text written? 13th century, France. 13th century, France. Okay, this could either be like the royal purple because it shows you're very princely, or it could be like undyed linen because that is the way that it is and it shows you're humble. Um, okay, hmm. Which direction am I gonna go? I'm gonna go with blue because it represents the sky and water and it is pure and it will remind you to be pure. And I'm gonna go with white. Because that is also holy and pure, and if you stain it, it's a reminder of your sin and shit. And then, did Jesus wear any colors? I can't remember. Wait, there was the many-colored coat. Oh, no. Oh, no. Now, now I'm trying to think of, like, the Old Testament and the tabernacle and the colors that God chose in the tabernacle when it was all like, here's how I want you to build it. Uh, I'll go with purple for the last one. All right, you get one point out of three. Ooh, okay. The correct answers are, in ascending order of priority, good choices, Okay, red, because it's the color kings wear. Oh, red. Okay. That's fair. Actually, I'm going to give you half a point, because I'm not sure how well they were distinguishing between red and purple at the time. That, yeah, that's fair, too. <laughs> Second, or even better, white, because it's the color angels wear. <gasps> oh, I did get that one pretty close. All right. And the third and best... Green, because it's the color the earth wears. Oh, green. Okay, I should have gone for the earth instead of heavens. All right, all right, that's fair. Yeah, you were kind of close with the with the blue sea thing. Yeah. But yeah, other way around. Well, see, I was originally going to do blue, green, and white, and then I changed it to purple at the last second. So, trade-offs, trade-offs. Question 12. What is the worthiest day of the year? Because that's the day upon which our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ was resurrected. It's not Christmas, but it's Easter. I regret to say that the canonical answer to this is the Sabbath. Oh, God. the day of the year? Day of the year? Easter falls on a Sunday. <laughs> Easter falls oh, on a Sunday. Which means it's wrong because Sidrak specifies oh, that at the no. time he's speaking, the Sabbath is on Saturday and it will not be Sunday until afterwards. Fuck off. That's Jewish. And yes, it does say <laughs> day of the year, Sabbath. That's fucking stupid. That's a trick question. Come it on, is. Here, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read that one to you oh just to make it clear gosh. that I didn't mess this up. That's really funny, though. I mean, I'm, I'm not going to do the whole thing because it like recaps Genesis, but the, the beginning. Of course it does. Bacchus asks, tell me, for I am in, it says we're, I don't actually know how to translate that one. Doubt. The worthiest day of the year. Sidrak replies, if God will, that I shall do, and of his help I pray thereto. Sire, of all the year, the worthiest day, we should hold it Saturday. Oh my gosh, I forgot this was in verse. <laughs> That's so stupid. Ugh. 
All right, fine. It's fine, I guess. Saturday. That is a trick question, but it's because of bad writing. That's fair. 10 out of 10. Well done. (laughs) All right, question 13. Okay. What happens to fire after it goes out? What? What? Okay. Yeah, you know, fire. Fire goes out. What happens to it? It's just extinguished. It's no longer in in being. It. it, That's my answer. Are you sure? The wood turns to ash. So the 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 fire turns to smoke. I'm sorry. The answer is it goes back to the sun from which all fire originates. Oh, this one's stupid. Goes back to the sun. (laughs) How do, how does it do that? I want to know the metaphysics of how the fire shoots up unseen through space and goes to the sun. Do you want me to look it up? I'm yeah, I want to know. All right, let's see if it specifies. This is bullshit. It just says it goes. It doesn't say how or why we don't see it. It goes? Yeah. Uh, by the so slaking stupid. shall go to the sun where he come from or come from. Thou seest the sun that light maketh, and heat thereof that we taketh, and when he is fro us went from us went, all the heat that he sent, and all the light of him also, all again he taketh him too. It goes back to the sun. How? Don't ask questions. Yeah, I guess. Ugh. Question fourteen. How may a child come out of its mother's womb? In whole or in pieces? No, I'm kidding. I'll give you a hint. The question that's being asked is Babies are kind of big. How do they fit? Head, head, head first, right? Like that's the, how do they come out? They slide out of, like her organs make more room and the baby slides out. Is is it is it trying no wait hang on is it trying to say that babies like shrink and then they grow they 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 pop out of the the womb and they instantly grow no okay what is it I don't like this I would have hoped that you were better educated in the secrets of women oh no so in labor all of a woman's joints below the chin temporarily dislocate allowing the child to be removed oh, more easily no no. This is further facilitated by the fact that an infant's bones are soft and gooey during birth and only harden once the baby has been exposed to air. I mean, they are softer technically when a baby is born, but they're not gooey. <laughs> gooey? Well, that was my that was my choice. <laughs> <laughs> Zero out of ten. No. <laughs> gooey? They are soft, certainly. <laughs> Oh boy. Um hmm. I don't like that. I mean, I that would explain a lot of the pain, but um dislocate? Her ribs yep. dislocate? Her hips dislocate? I'm baffled by the fact that it's all below the chin rather yeah. than like just like the hip area. Just the hips. Ooh. I don't like that. Okay. Hmm. Interesting. Question 15, immediate follow-up. Oh, no. On that subject, How many children can a woman carry in her womb at one time? 
I'm going to say two because Cain and Abel, I can't recall if they were twins or not, but I'm going to go with two because there's a biblical precedent for it. The answer is seven because there are seven chambers in the womb. Whoa! Wait a minute. I need to hear his explanation for that. How are there seven? If you've ever looked at an at a medical text from before, like two hundred years ago or so, the womb is drawn as like branching off into chambers. That's, That's just how they thought it was horrifying. shaped. Sidrek does expand on this a bit. This answer is over a page long. So the reason why we don't often see septuplets is because one sexual encounter can only fill three chambers maximum. So in order to have seven children at once, the woman must have sex multiple times over the course of a day or two. I, I hate that. I understand why they thought that, but that's so bad. Like, it makes sense. Oh, I, mm, I don't like that. Okay. Sidorak does not specify whether it's possible to have, like, for example, twins from two different fathers this way, but it's kind of implied that it is. Yeah, there's a, I was thinking there's a lot of implications there, and you could probably convict a woman of infidelity based on how many kids she has in a span. You will be happy to hear oh, that no. the last part of that explanation is actually warding against that sort of thing. Okay. Because it specifies that, hey... If a child comes out looking like a man other than your husband, it might mean that one of the parents was just thinking of that man during sex. Oh, one of them doesn't doesn't one have to be her. It actually does say either one. <laughs> that's amazing. Well, that's more affirming than I expected. <laughs> I don't know if that does anything, but uh, hmm, at least it's affirming, I guess. Question 16. All right. What causes animals to go mad? The moon. Is that your final answer? There's not more than one. I don't get options here. There's only one answer. There is one answer. Oh, Um... This, there's so many reasons. I mean, it could be, it could be devils. It could be the moon. But devils control the moon. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to, I'm trying to think like them so hard right now. Oh man, I'm gonna say the works of the devil and or devils. Sorry, I'm writing down devils control the moon. <laughs> okay, so the Obviously. answer is. Oh no. On the 28th day of June each year, a star can be found in the eastern part of the sky. If any man or beast looks upon it, or upon its reflection, even if it's daylight out and the star is not actually visible, they will immediately go mad. Oh my gosh. That's... Ugh. Alright. According to the notes, the French version makes it a little more clear that we're talking about rabies specifically. I was gonna wonder. And then adds that in addition to the star thing, after the star drives you crazy, you can then pass that on by biting. I feel like I was kind of close with the moon. Honestly, yeah, you weren't you weren't hugely far off, but yeah. your final answer was devils. Oh yeah, no, no, I'm totally wrong <laughs> on this one. I completely acknowledge that. But like, it's a star... And then it goes by biting. Th- this makes sense for the whole werewolf thing. Yeah. I like that. That's cool. All right. All right. Great. Now I'm going to ruin your good mood because oh, no. 
Question 17. Here we go. Future Mac here. So, question 17 is one I included because it is shockingly horrible. To the point where, after we recorded, I actually suggested that we go back and remove it. However, Zoe made the excellent point that we should acknowledge the horribleness that was prevalent in the past rather than trying to erase it. So we kept this bit, but I'm putting in this interlude as kind of a content warning. The following question and answer is deeply offensive, discriminatory in at least three different ways, and if you'd rather skip it, you should go ahead to this timestamp, 4948. Thank you. Which women give men the most delight and benefit? Hint, there are multiple answers varying situationally. Oh no. Oh no. Read the question one more time. Here, I'll even get the actual text. Here we go. I still think one of my answers will be virgins because that's always that always has to be an answer, right? Which be the women of most profit to man to have with his delight? That's so bad. Huh. Alright. Well, um I know that it kind of rhymes, so I wanna say like those who are willing to stay with him a night, because it rhymes with delight. So that will be one answer. Another answer will be virgins, because that's been that belief has been around for ages. Uh, you said three. There are I didn't, but there are three. There are three okay. that are specified as good options, and a fourth that's specified as a bad option. Okay, all right. Okay, well that was two, and like stay with him a night could be like his wife, but I guess it could also be like. A prostitute. Um, and then let's go with... I'm implying that all of these include sex, by the way. I think that is implied, yes. Okay, cool. Just checking that it's not just like women in general hanging out, giving a guy pleasure, just obfuscatedly. Okay. And then I guess the, the last one... Okay, so I got virgins, the one who will stay with him a night, and a good wife. So you do get, by the way... One point, because the first couplet of this page plus answer says, a man's soul only benefits from his wife, but that's not what we're talking about here. Oh, his soul. So I'm giving you a point for wife. Okay. At least I get one. What the f***? In the winter, a dark-skinned woman is better because she is of hot (gasps) nature. Oh my god! But in the summer, a light-skinned woman is better because she is of cold nature. I hate that. That's horrible. I know, it's the worst. This is easily the worst answer that I could find. Oh my gosh. Why would you even... Okay. Nope. I know. Why would you write that down? There's no rationalizing that one. That's just really bad. For an extra point, what type of woman is not good for men? One of an indiscriminate nature. I'm sorry, the answer (laughs) is old women. Oh, of course it is. (laughs) Obviously. (laughs) 
No women have uses. Because old women are of a moist nature which will make you sick. I'm sorry. <laughs> old women are moist. I, you know, I regret to inform you, sir, that, uh... <laughs> I think that's separate from what they mean. (laughs) And it does then say, moreover, old women have bad breath. I mean, I feel like that doesn't really matter, like, what your age is. They haven't invented toothbrushes yet. You all have bad breath. Yeah. Future Mac here. This is actually not correct. The basic concept of something with which you cleaned and brushed your teeth has existed for thousands of years. For most of that time, it was something you chewed on first, so it is different. The toothbrush as we know it, however, was invented in the early Middle Ages. Though it was invented in China, so the author and audience of this text were probably not aware of it. But their oral hygiene may have been better than we think. Who knows? Archaeologists probably know. Alright. That one's real bad. That one's really bad. Yeah, that's the worst one we're gonna see. We can move on to better ones now. Ugh, alright. Next question. Question, I think that's 18. What is the best part of man and the worst part of man? Hmm. 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 I will give you a hint. We are talking body part. Oh, okay, good. Okay, um... His heart and his dick. No. Um, I've... Oh, gosh. I don't... <laughs> the best and the worst parts of man? Mm-hmm. Well, they... I mean, okay, we've already had references to, like, the womb and stuff, so I feel like it wouldn't be too far to say, like, his liver is the worst part, because that is where all of the bad humors are kept. So I guess I'll go with that, because they didn't realize it was detoxifying. They're just like, this is where all the bad humors are. So I'll go with... The liver, on the one hand, because I'm pretending that this author is vaguely intelligent. And then I either really want to say, like, his brain. His brain is the best part of him. Or his dick, because it's, like, how generation, like, you know, God was like, yes, let's make more generations. And that's how you do that, is with, you know, a penis. So, okay, hang on, hang on. I want to go back and read one one of the answers. Where was the soul kept? The blood. The blood? That's not like a body part, though. Okay, that one, no. All right. Do I go with the head or do I go with the dick? Hmm. The best? I'll go with the head. I'll go with the head. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to regret this. The tongue is both the best and the worst part of man because it oh, it's a great riddle or great evil. <laughs> you didn't say this one was a riddle. I mean, it's not really. It's just the the same part as the answer to both. That's stupid. All right. Okay. (laughs) At least it's a body part and not like... The best part of a man is his personality. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I don't think they would claim that even in the Middle Ages. No, I don't think so. All right. All right. Number 19. Why did Noah take evil animals, such as scorpions, adders, and snakes? I don't know why adders and snakes are separate. That's fairly common. Onto the ark. Hmm. There are two reasons.
Well, one, because God told him to. Duh. And two, because... Oh. Two, because God said he would remake the earth, but he didn't say that he would get rid of evil. And because... Because, like, evil still has to exist, because Adam and Eve ate from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, both still have to exist in the world. That's a better answer than this one. Actually, oh, you know what? I'll on. say that, 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 that it's not a better answer, but it's a very different and more intellectual answer. Oh, okay. Or more esoteric, rather. That's fair. All right, so you do get half credit because the first reason given is God told him to. Yeah, God told him to. We're covering our bases here. But the second reason, and the reason why, presumably, God told him to. Here we go. The reason these animals are venomous is because they absorb poison from the earth. If they weren't present, all of that poison would soak into the plants, and we wouldn't be able to eat them. So he took them because something has to hold the poison on the earth. Yeah, so something has to suck all that poison out. That's what they're doing when they're crawling around in the dirt. They're sucking up the poison. Do they think worms are, sna- are snakes? No, they're they're different. They're yeah, different. No, they're Hildegard, Hildegard says they're different. Huh. All right. I don't know how to feel about that one. It makes sense, but there's no indication that it's going that direction. All right. This one will be easy because it's a multiple choice. Ooh, okay. It's not going to be easy. Okay, here we go. Question 20. Not only is it a multiple choice, it's a 50-50. Okay. Which gives greater cunning, hot food or cold food? food because hot food makes you sleepy but hot food can like incense your spirit oh no oh no this isn't easy (laughs) you got me overthinking all of these answers i'm so confused okay um read it again which gives greater cunning hot food or cold food greater cunning cold food i'm gonna go with cold food is that your final answer yeah yeah i'm sticking with it I'm sorry, the answer is hot food. Because it warms the brain and the heart, making the eater more intelligent. More intelligent. Well, see, there's the problem. I've been eating too many cold things. That is obvious from your points. (laughs) Oh, no. This is so bad. Okay. Okay. All right. Another one that's basically multiple choice. Okay. Number 21. Put the following categories in order from least numerous to most numerous. Oh, no. Okay. Animals, humans, fish, and birds. Fish and birds. Okay, so fish first, because there's more ocean than land. So you're saying they're most numerous. Yes, yes. Okay. Fish are the most numerous. And then, and then animals. No, no, wait, hang on, hang on. I forgot to bring the biblical text into this. God created them in order. There's an order for this. He created humans last. So humans are last no matter what. But he created the fish and then the birds and then the animals, and then the humans. So that's my order. Fish, birds, animals, humans. 
That is 100% correct. Yes! Excellent work. Yes! I deducted it. It says that humans are least numerous. There are more animals than humans. There are ten times as many birds as animals. And there are a thousand times as many fish as birds. I don't I don't actually think that's correct, but <laughs> my, my medieval biblical logic worked. Excellent work. <laughs> I'm actually really proud of myself for that one. That one was good. <laughs> Next question. Okay. Which is number... I keep losing track. I think that was 21. Yeah, this is number 22. Okay. Should people greet each other whenever they meet? Should they? Yeah, should they? That depends. That depends on what their relationship is to each other. That is my answer. Hmm. That's my answer. Do you answer. want to elaborate on that at no, all? No, that's my answer. I want to give I you want... half credit. Oh, come on. <laughs> all right, tell you what. What relationship do you greet more? Relatives and friends that you like. I'm not giving you points for oh. that, but you're still at half credit. All right, fine. You only need to greet someone the first time you see them that day, unless. They live in the same house as you, in which case you may say both good morning and good night. Oh, I'm sorry. Are there laws? Are there laws about how how many times you need to greet somebody? I get the feeling that our author was like just kind of annoyed that people kept stopping him on the street and saying hi. And he'd be like, I saw you an hour ago. You don't need to say hi again. Yeah, I guess he's not super chatty. (laughs) He's going around being the the meet and greet police. Sidrak. He really does seem to think that, like, no, it's, it's rude and annoying and it wastes time. Just, like, go about your day. Huh. I mean, I can't fault him for that, really. Yeah, no, I, I get where he's coming from. All right. Okay. Question 18. Okay. No, wait. 20? 20, 20-something? 20 23. 20-something, yeah. Which is worthier, maidenhood or virginity? are different yep oh no okay i guess maidenhood is youth right okay hang on hang on i'm gonna deduce this i'm gonna do the the deductions i feel like maidenhood is youth plus virginity and virginity is just virginity but i could be wrong it could be yeah no i'm gonna go with that i'm gonna go with maidenhood is more worthy is more worthy Oh, I'm sorry. It's the other way around. What? Maidenhood is just the state of not having had sex, whereas virginity is that plus a purity of soul. Wow. Okay. Huh. So, so if you're like, if you're a bitch, but you haven't had sex, then you still have your maidenhood. But if you're not a bitch and you haven't had sex, then you're a virgin. The way it's phrased... I think it is because, like, maidenhood is more, like, about youth. Yeah. Virginity is the purity of soul to boot. Yeah, the idea is that virginity is you've resisted temptation, whereas oh. maidenhood is just, like, you haven't done it yet. Oh! But, like, you might. Like, you haven't had, like, a, I don't know, internal... Like, girl, girl, your, yeah, like, all. your period hasn't started. You're, you're technically 
still a maiden because you haven't had sex, but also, like, you haven't gone through trials about it. Yeah. That's so bad. The gatekeeping there is so bad. Hmm. Hmm. I mean, to be fair, I think even in modern Christianity, there's a lot of gatekeeping about who is and isn't a virgin. Yeah, yeah, and it's disgusting. Also- Yeah, it is. Why do you f***ing care? There's that too, yes. Yeah. Ugh. All right. Well, I'm learning new things every day. (laughs) (laughs) Question 24. Okay. How are worms bred in the body and on what do they feed? this was gonna be like the the like where do worms come from and it's like oh spontaneous generation obviously which could still be an answer um is there more than one answer or is it just the one there's one answer as to where they come from okay when they're within your body we're talking about internal worms right okay and then one answer of what they feed on um hmm, okay where do they come from they come from bad food and ill humors like if you're really rotten inside in both your humors and what you eat, and maybe possibly your soul, I don't know, but at least in those things, then the worms generate in, like, your liver or whatever. They eat, they eat the good flesh and and help the rest of you degenerate, uh, and they eat the good things that you eat, which is why it's hard to get rid of them. All right, I'm going to give you half credit <laughs> on that one. Okay! Because worms are spontaneously generated by the rotting food in your stomach hey i got at least one but what they feed on is the poison that comes out of that food so they do provide a benefit even though they can also cause annoyance no that's no no i'm sorry sidrak but no (laughs) (laughs) Hmm. see i could be a good medieval leech that's all i'm saying I understand right. how the human body works and its humors. And the the moistness of women. <laughs> <laughs> I got him. <laughs> the final question, and I picked this to be thematically accurate for the, the end. Okay. On what day will the final judgment occur? And for bonus points, what time? Okay. All right. Okay. The Bible very explicitly says that we do not know the day nor the hour. And I'm sticking with that. And if Sidrax says I'm wrong, then I think that I should still get bonus points for being biblically accurate. (laughs) That is my final answer. I'm sorry. The answer is on a Sunday at midnight. Sunday at midnight. That's heresy. (laughs) That's heresy. (laughs) <laughs> I will give you a, a a point for recognizing that yes, this is <laughs> but it's Amazing. in the text. It's in the text. Ugh. Be discerning about what you read, kids. It could be heresy. That's our street smarts lesson for this week. I think I failed this test. Yes. Oh no. Yes. <laughs> How bad? How badly? You got a 32.4%. Nice. 
Which means, novice Zoe, while you have demonstrated some knowledge, it is not sufficient for you to be considered a visionary or a scholar. Alas. Your abbess may, at her discretion, allow you to take your vows, but your superiors at the convent will need to supervise your studies so that you are not further led astray by any of the false and heretical notions you have espoused today. Alas. Alas. But at least I would be a good doctor. (laughs) I will take solace in knowing that I can care for my sisters in the convent. A noble occupation. (laughs) Amazing. 10 out of 10. Alright, that's our show. Next up is Quid Hinieldes Cum Cristo, Alcuin of York's ongoing series on the dangers that secular literature poses to your immortal soul. So stay here in the chancel if that's important to you, which it better be, or else. <laughs> oh, 10 out of 10. Amazing. Wonderful. All right. We're actually only at an hour 22. So, yeah. like, do you want to talk about, like, ways you could use this material oh in, my your, gosh. in your TTRPG game? Let's try. Let's see what we can come up with. Should we just run through the list of questions again? Yeah, let's do that. And we're, we're going to skip a couple because some of these are just so bad that you should absolutely not condone them in your game. Alright, uh, the first question was the, the dogs f***ing. And the answer was, oh, because they're like iron. Is there a way to incorporate that? I feel like the only way to incorporate something like that is if you use transmutation or alchemy to take iron and turn it into like a little homunculus dog companion. Or if, if you actually design a system where, like, the humors and, like, the hot and dry nature and the whatnot are, like, built into creature stats. Yeah, that would be pretty, pretty tough. Yeah, I don't think that there's much to do with that. No. Earth is round like a ball. I feel like you could absolutely have a philosopher who believes this. You gotta have somebody who believes these crazy questions. And in the tradition of Terry Pratchett's small gods... You should have a philosopher who believes that and is wrong. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) Magic is real and you need to know astronomy and have faith in the devil in order to do it. I feel like that's a good basis for like witch hunters in general, if you want to play with that or just your own branch of magic. You can build a witch or a sorcerer who relies on that astronomy and astrology because there's in D&D there's a lunar sorcerer but that's more like I get my power from the moon and less about here's the numbers and the system yeah I I think there's something to be said for like doing an astronomy based Mm -hmm. magic user yeah the soul lives in the blood I feel like there's a lot you could do with that in terms of like a big bad evil guy trying to hunt down people whose magic is in their blood hmm you could play with that so he's stealing their souls but also their blood. Yeah. That would be a weird, like, oh, you could do like a red herring where they think it's a vampire, but like, no, it's just, it's some guy with like a big syringe. <laughs> That's terrifying. Oh, I don't know. You can play with that. There is something there. I'm going to skip the skin color one because there's, there's not really a name. No, do don't. You don't need there, to play with that. All humans have the same natural language and it's Hebrew. I feel like there's something you could do with the idea of, like, people being born with a native language. Yeah. But But I don't don't know. know, It's kind of difficult to work that into, like, a plot or anything. Yeah. I'm sort of thinking, like, maybe you could play with it as, like, a telepathic, like, you can communicate with everyone telepathically because of that. 
but I don't know. I don't know if there's much to do with it. Oh, I have something. I have something. Oh, okay. Okay, so everyone knows that there was an original first language that, like, the world was the world was written in the first language, and all Ooh. of the old wisdom is written in the first language. Yes, but no one remembers how to read it anymore, and there isn't a Rosetta Stone or anything, and they're they're just at their wits' end, and so they hatch a plan to like do an omelas and raise yes. a child alone in a basement so that he grows up knowing the first language naturally. Because if anyone be is good. taught a language growing up, they lose that connection. I like that. That's pretty dark, though. Yeah, it is. I feel like you could you could play with that in terms of you have to like reverse engineer all the other languages back into this one language so you can understand it. Yeah, but that's just historical linguistics. That's just Nostradamus. Okay, I mean, yeah, it would be a cool player character backstory. Yes, it would. So consider that one. Um, I feel like we can skip the bone in the throat thing unless you have something for that. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's technically accurate, but ew. Ooh, this one you should definitely incorporate into your game. The rich should be judged more harshly than the poor to set a good example. I feel like that's a pretty decent, like, thing to live by in general, because they have more power. There's more at stake for people who are high status, high wealth, high power. But that'd be interesting to encourage in terms of your players as heroes, the higher level they get, the more severe their actions are taken in whatever community they've made a base in. Right. And I think you could, just by making that like the basis for your fictional country's legal system, you could create a very like alien to your players society because that's Mm -hmm. the opposite of how it works in the real world. Yeah, that's very true. Corporate crime. Yeah. Gonna gonna skip the poop one. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, pretty self-explanatory. We don't need to go into that one. <laughs> Eagles can live forever because they burn off their old feathers and parts and stuff. I feel like, I that feel like that's just, just like... Just use a phoenix. Yeah, yeah, that's just a phoenix with extra steps. Yeah. Okay, this one we can do, though. If an adder lives for a thousand years, it becomes a dragon. Yes, and then give me an NPC who's really dedicated, like a little organization or something, that's really, really dedicated to protecting these adders so that they become dragons. Yeah. I love that. And they're like, no, dragons are dying out. You don't understand. Like, we understand adventures need dragons to go kill and stuff, but we're trying to preserve an ecological system here. And we're trying desperately to ban dragon hunts and snake hunts because we're trying to revive the dragon population. They get rid of other pests. Like knights. Like knights. (laughs) Men. (laughs) Is that too far? (laughs) Otherwise, knights overpredate the peasants. That's true. That's true. See? The ecological circle of medieval fantasy towns. Mm -hmm. I like it. 10 out of 10. Best colors of clothing? I feel like you could make an interesting, maybe, magic system, or what's the the sumptuary laws? Yeah, the sumptuary yeah, laws. Yeah, where if you're, like, a certain rank, or, like, oh, you're a certain magic user, you have to wear this color, something like that. That could be interesting. And then people can easily identify you. Yeah. I think that could encourage interesting encounters when it comes to talking to npcs because you could just look at different people and say like oh he's a wizard because he's wearing purple and there you go you're done 
You might have to change up the system a bit, though, because, I mean, first of all, it's only three colors and you probably want something more complicated. Yeah. But second of all, if you say green is the best color because it's the color the Earth wears, no one's going to think you got that from a medieval text. They're going to think that, like, you got that from from a hippie. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, not that I don't agree, but. It's a great color. I'm going to skip the part about Sabbath being the best day of the year. Stupid question. (laughs) <laughs> stupid question. Add add that to that stupid philosopher NPC who thinks he's right about everything. I'm so ticked off by that question. <laughs> so dumb. All right. Okay. I'll let it. I'll let it live. Uh, speaking of dumb, when fire goes out, it goes back to the sun. Back to the sun. Oh my gosh. I do. I do like that. If you did that in a like a magical fire sense, like oh, you conjured magic fire, it has to go back somewhere, or you have to contain it somehow. You mm-hmm. can't just like it doesn't just extinguish because it's magic. It's not fire. It's magic in a sense. So how do you contain that? Like, what if you had a magical essence you had to protect? And I'm not talking like fire stones that if you click together, you get fire. I'm talking like an actual ball of flame that you have to like stick back into a bottle to carry around with you because it won't extinguish otherwise, or it mm-hmm. goes back into some other form of magic or whatever. I don't know. Could be fun to play with. I also like the idea of, like, mundane fire somehow goes back to the sun so that you can use, like, just regular campfires as a way to, to do magic on the sun in some way. Ooh. Like, it's a, it's a direct line. Well, I wonder if you could connect that to, like, magic and astronomy and astrology in terms of, oh, okay, I need the light of the sun to do this spell, but it's nighttime, so I'll make a fire, and that will be my little magic sun and then i can do the spell yeah that could be interesting i think we we can probably skip the childbirth ones right yeah you were making a lot of faces That's, so i got i get the uh, feeling you don't you don't want to elaborate i don't feel there. like you ever need okay because there was like the the sections of the womb and then what was it that the way that the kid comes out oh he comes out like squishy <laughs> <laughs> he's a goo oh i don't, I don't like that <laughs> that one's pretty rough I do think it could be interesting to, like, in order for a creature to use an ability, it has to, like, dislocate something. But that's probably just bad creature design rather than anything useful. Yeah. All right. Oh, the star that causes rabies. I like that. That's a cool new take on werewolves. Absolutely take that one. You should just put that directly in. 100%. Like, oh, you look generally to the northeastern sky during the daytime. Oh, that star is there. Roll me an insanity saving throw. It is, I think, made better by the fact that in the text it specifies it is only one day a year. Yeah. So that could be like... I don't know, an anti-holiday? Yeah. Like for 24 hours, just you, you, you and you, all your domestic up. animals have to go inside. You just don't look up, you'll be and fine. And if you go out, you definitely don't look up or to the east. Yeah, I like that. And then for like a period after that, there's just lots of wild animals that have gone mad and you have to deal with that. Yeah, and it's transferred through bites, which I think is an interesting thing. Yeah, well, it, it is literally rabies. The question's yeah. about rabies. Well, yeah, but it'd be more cool if it were a magical malady. Yeah. Play with that as yeah. you will. The tongue is the best and the worst part of man. I like that. It's a good riddle. It's stupid, but it's a good riddle. Yeah, yeah, I think I think that fits. I feel like you know, that's a good thing to like open the door by guessing this correctly, but you want to make sure it's like a good enough riddle that your players aren't just going to be like, the finger! The middle finger, the big toe, (laughs) like you want to bury it, you know, but. I feel like 
most people would give the same answer that like you facetiously gave immediately, which is the heart yeah. is the best and the dick is the worst. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. So I don't know. I'll, I will leave that up to our listeners to decide whether or not they want to incorporate that one because that one's yeah. All right, this next one, I think you can just straight up incorporate it by making it literally true. The use of venomous animals is that they absorb venom from the earth. I like that. That's really cool. I think it fits really well because there's a lot of um, both fantasy and medieval literature where it's like the venomous dragon moves in and the land fills with its poison. Mm -hmm. And it would be cool if if you were to specify like... It's the reverse. No, you've actually got the causation yeah. Backwards. The land was filled with poison, which attracted a venomous dragon to eat it. Ooh, I like that. I also like the idea that maybe you have like poison filled and poison empty snakes. So like yeah. if you get bit with something that is venomous or if you ingest poison, one of the potential cures is like, oh, let me grab an empty snake and it'll bite you and it'll suck the venom out of you. Yes, that's absolutely something we need. I like that. Like, what if you just, you know, one of the things that you can purchase to have on hand is an empty snake. (laughs) Yeah, guaranteed empty. We've raised it in sterile soil. Yeah, sterile soil. And like, you still have to feed it. You know, you take care of it, whatever. You know, it's not going to die on your adventures. But should you need, should you be in the position where you are poisoned, grab your snake. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I like that. Yeah, I do. I like that a lot. Yeah, that's fun. Yeah, and you you could give the snake a certain number of, like, charges. Yeah. You can use it a couple times before it gets so full of poison that it biting you will put more More poison poison back in. into you, yeah. I like that. That's fun to play with. Yeah, I'm going to write down empty snake (laughs) as a thing. Oh, that reminds me. Of the other thing I wrote down during this episode, which you should also incorporate into your game. Devils control the moon. (laughs) Devils, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Look, I I was working so hard. I did my best. (sighs) I mean, honestly, you got a lot of stuff like your answer made way more sense than the ostensibly correct one. I tried. And I tried to keep it like You were clearly putting real thought into it. (laughs) Yes! You were doing a good job. Yay! Oh, that's funny. But yeah, you should also put that into your into your campaign world is that uh, devils control the moon. Yeah. Totally. Or maybe a moon. Maybe you have more than one moon, Dragonlance style, and one of them is full of devils. Ooh. Interesting. I like that. Um, I feel like there's no way to use hot food makes you smarter. No, not really. Not unless you want to have a very specific, like, plus temporary endpoint. Yeah. Not, not as interesting. The categories of creature from most to least numerous, I think we can just say, like, like, that's a thing? There are lots of fish? There, yeah. Limits on how often you greet someone? That could just be interesting from a cultural standpoint if you're world building. In terms of, oh, it's considered rude if you greet somebody too many times or too formally or whatever. I think that mm-hmm. could be interesting to play with. But that, again, is up to GM and world builder's discretion. Yeah, yeah, that's good. That's what you would do with it. Yeah. Maidenhood and virginity. I think I think you shouldn't put that in. No, please. I think that's something to leave out. Please don't. And don't use that as like a gotcha thing either. Because for all we know, nobody else agreed with his definition of maidenhood and virginity. Yeah, so, I have no idea how, to what degree that's accurate. Yeah, so please don't go around saying like, well, in the Middle Ages, virginity was actually... Yeah, don't do that. Yeah, or no. at least 
Look, look it up somewhere else first. Verify. Don't take Sidrak's word for anything. For anything. Yeah. Ugh. All right. Um, worms spontaneously generate from rotting meat, even if it's meat that's rotting after you've eaten it. I mean, obviously that's factually true in the real world, but you also <laughs> want to put it in your game. Uh, I don't know. I feel like there's better ways to play with, like, unless you want to start having your characters, like, start vomiting up worms and you want to tie that into your quest somehow. Yeah, I don't know. I do think spontaneous generation should be in more games. Yeah, it is fun. It is very, very fun. But it's hard to tie in in a concrete way. The last one, I actually think this would be a really interesting thing to incorporate as like something that is just known and accepted as truth within like your fantasy civilization. The world will end on a Sunday at midnight. I like that. That's just kind of fun. Like they just they just know that like that's written down somewhere. They're like, yeah. Maybe this Sunday. We don't know. Yeah. But like on other days, we're chill. Yeah. This is what it is. That could be fun to play with in terms of prophecy. Yeah. Yeah. Did you want to do a leech's corner with it? Or is this... I think we covered a lot. I think we did a lot of leeching already. We did. Okay. So no leeching. No leeching today. Then I think in that case, listeners, thank you very much for joining us on this wonderful, weird, and wacky game show that we played today. I hope your answers were more correct than mine and that you perhaps have come to your own mysticism and knowledge. I for sure am enlightened. I'm certainly enthralled with everything I learned today. Thank you, Mac, for picking out these various questions because there's a lot more than that in this text. There are 400 something. Yeah. Actually, I forgot to mention this. Ooh, okay. The question about what day Judgment Day is on. Yeah. Is question number 404. 404 out of 400? I think it's 400 and a bit. But yeah, and I just thought it was it's interesting oh, that, that that's the I Earth like not that, found yeah. question. Earth not found. 404. Doomsday itself. Well, there we go. Yeah, so we can do a lot more of these. Um, yeah. Not all of them are interesting. Some of, like the first 20 or so are basically just recapping Genesis. Yeah, but, which is less than less than interesting when you can just go and read it in I'm sure an easier to read format than poetic verse. But anyway, listeners, if you would like me to answer more of these questions on my own personal path to mysticism and enlightenment, let us know and I will gladly do so. I still kind of want to do one where we call in other podcast hosts as guests. We should do that, actually. All right. Well, with that, listeners, thank you for joining us on this weird episode on April 1st. And we'll see you next time. Yes. Thank you for listening to the Maniculum Podcast. Please consider leaving a rating and review on iTunes to help support us. If you're interested in exclusive merch and continuous exclusive content, consider becoming a patron on Patreon. To see our sources and our notes, check out our blog on themaniculumpodcast.com. And hey, come get involved in our community. We have a Discord group that you can join, and you can find links to our server on our Facebook group, The Maniculum Podcast, our Twitter, at Maniculum, and our Instagram, at Maniculum Podcast. Original music by Walker. Check out their project, Sugar Glass, on Spotify. How would anyone pass a medieval science test? This is crazy. And I thought the U.S. education system wasn't doing a good job.